We are here this episode of bonus content to continue talking about building community in our classrooms. We're really excited because it's myself and Ivy and we're joined with Ashley Kelly this time. And you're going to be hearing Ashley a lot more on the podcast in the future. So we're going to take a minute and let her introduce herself to you. Okay, so my name is Ashley Kelly. I teach in SciFair ISD, which is in SciFair Houston uh, area, and I teach sixth grade English language arts. This year, I have like this amazing opportunity to not only teach um, ELAR, but I'm also coaching half of the time the other sixth grade teachers because our campus currently only has one CCIS. So I have been able to kind of relieve her of some of her duties and coach teachers, um, especially the new teachers on our team. And I am absolutely loving that. And I'm excited to be a part of the podcast. I always think it takes like a special kind of person to coach teachers because I know Ivy did this for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I feel like I don't know. Is it that it takes a special person or I I don't know how you make that relationship work really well. (laughs) I think you just be the most human and understanding um, as you possibly can and read the room and the person like that is so important. I'm learning and figure out what style of coaching works for each person. My um, DI was like the director of, um, instruction at our campus she asked me a coaching like how do I like my toast and I was like oh my gosh like I love that it's me like I just just give it to me you know dry like just tell me what it is and I can take it but everyone you know does not like their toast that way so if you take that approach and you figure out you know how each person likes um you know to be coached that it makes things so much easier yeah absolutely you know I think it's a really unique opportunity too when you can still teach and coach. Um, It just gives you so much more relevance and understanding of of what the climate is at the moment. You know, sometimes as coaches, um, you know, I was completely out of the classroom and you forget really fast Mm -hmm. um, just the day-to-day stuff that you have to think about. Um, and, And you get in this coaching mindset um, of, well, you know, we can, we can do this together. And, but there's just so much more to it. So I, I really think that's neat that you get to teach and coach um, your, your fellow teachers are pretty lucky. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I'm like, it sounds crazy because some days have been like so super busy, but for the most part, it's like a good busy. Like, I feel like I have an extra purpose. And I told the kids, and they're like, why don't you have a class sixth and seventh period? Like I coach teachers. So they're like, so you're like a mega teacher? <laughs> like, sure. I'm like that. I am a mega teacher. <laughs> that's awesome. That is awesome. Well, last month, well, I guess it wasn't last month. It would have been the month before. We did a whole segment on tips for building classroom or building classroom communities. And, um, we started talking and we kind of all started talking about Goldie Muhammad. And so we thought it would be interesting to kind of talk about some of the ideas that we've encountered, you know, reading her work and, and things like that. And Ashley, you had some really good stuff that you kind of wanted us to go through and talk about. Yes. Um, I 
have just found and had so much success with getting to know my students. And I don't remember if it were if it was in her book or if someone else had said it, but it was like you. Sh- I think it, I think it's the beginning of this book, and she says that you should not start teaching um, lessons until you know like ten things about each kid. And I'm like, that's a lot of stuff. Like we would never, we would never get to teaching. But take the number out of it. Like start to build that community and build relationships with students. Um, it's, it's just so important in the identity web. I'm like, that is like the simplest of things that you can do. And you add to it, you know, throughout the year because you learn that, hey, like now you're a pianist and, you know, you can go yeah. ahead and add that to, you know, your web and you make connections, you know, with students or other students in the classroom based on the things that you guys have in common or don't have in common. And we're learning from each other. And it's just so powerful. And you can tell like when you walk into a classroom, like you can tell the classes where relationships have truly been developed. Like you, you feel it. They, the communication is different. Everything is just different. The students know that they belong because you've done things to, you know, make sure that they feel like they belong. You're reading books to them that, you know, are relevant to all populations and not just one group of people. And it's just so magical. It is. I love walking into a room that has good classroom community. Uh, the, the book we're talking about is Cultivating Genius, an Equity Framework for Culturally and Historically Responsive Literacy by Goldie Muhammad. Um, and if you haven't had a chance to um, read this book, um, look at some of the things, there. there's just so many different um, just beautiful quick tips and, and also the reflection um, that we need to teach in today's classroom. Um, and another um, little plug here, Goldie Mohammed will be attending um, our TCT ELA conference this year. So um, a little extra bonus for us. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the identity webs. Like, give us the rundown. Like, how would you start with them? How would you add to them throughout the year? How would they function? So I started with a book that was like um, important to me to introduce that lesson. And I read Miss Malarkey Leaves No Reader Behind because <laughs> that spoke to, you know, me. And I'm like, well, why do you think I like this book? And from the very, you know, first day of school, like we did this trivia and I've been telling them things about myself. And on one of the trivia things was like what what I love about teaching. And it has like three things on there. And um I've just been talking about books and literacy and its importance and, you know, what I enjoy about teaching and all these things. And so I read the book and they're like, like, why do you guys think that I, you know, love this book so much? Like, because you like reading and you're like going to make us find a book that we like. And I'm like, of course, that's it. And then we went ahead and I'm like, okay, put your name, you know, in the center and then think about all the things that just make you, you. You know, outside of just the color of your skin or your name or the activities that you like, what are the things that make you you? What are the traditions that you have? What are, you know, the sports that you like to play? What are the roles that you have in, you know, the people's lives that are around you? And then we just added to it. And I was I was really surprised at how much they were, like, into it. And we did it, like, the last 15 minutes or so. They had to, like, start their web, but they like didn't want to stop. Like they would think of something else or, you know, we get to pack them up. 
someone else will pull their notebook out and add something else to, you know, their web. So it's like, I have my example down there. And then as I thought of, you know, something else I can add, like I will put it on there. I let them know, hey, if you are, you know, more of an artistic person, you can make a quick sketch of, you know, something that you identify with and add it to the web. And that was really it. It was probably one of the simplest, um, you know, beginning of the year activities that we were able to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, but you like things like that, that don't have a lot of, um, I guess, overhead before you Mm -hmm. can just get into it. Definitely. Do you have plans um, to use the identity webs as like different seeds for for writing as well? Yes. So in the next two weeks, we are going to be starting our own like free write. So they can do um, a fantasy story, a mystery story, whatever they want. So one of the things that I'll tell them to go back and, you know, look through as they're coming up with ideas for that is um, their identity web. I also, the end of last year, I tried it out and I loved it. Um, I started having them do identity web for characters in various picture books. And the example that I did was, um, dear Mr. Faulkner, Faulkner, Patricia Polacco, Mm -hmm. the book about her teacher. And so we made an identity web for her and then we'll compare ourselves to these characters in these books and what can we learn and, you know, how can we grow? And we're making those connections between ourselves and other characters. So those are like some of the main, like the ways that we'll refer back to our identity webs. Very cool. Yeah. I, I, um, this week has been really cool. I was telling Ashley before we all got on here, um, that I did the textual lineages that are in the back of her book. I think it's like on page 147 and it wasn't even really like a lesson that she talked about. She was talking about like to think about your textual lineages and maybe have kids think about theirs. But instead it like at the end of last year, I was overwhelmed and I just took an afternoon and I made my own and I was so proud of it. And I thought, I really want my kids to do this. (laughs) And so this year they did them and and I told them you can you can represent three eras of your life in any way that you want. Like mine was a tree, but I told them you could just do three different parts of a paper or you could use circles or you could do a timeline or whatever. I cannot the things that are in my room right now are insanely creative. Like even the ones that are really plain have so much information on them because they were really thinking about movies they've seen and things that they would read and songs that they liked at the time and, and just stuff like that. And then watching their shift go from when they were young to middle school to now, cause I teach high school, like they had to think about how they've changed and shifted through their textual lineage and what that says about them now. And these, these papers that they turned in are insanely cool. Like, And then yesterday they had a gallery walk and they had to kind of talk to each other about the pieces and then write some stuff. And and they were so engaged. Like, I'm I'm ready. Yeah. To to where everybody came from. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, those are like a lot of defining moments. Um, And you can, when you can, you know, document it and see the shifts. Um, I know my daughter is in your class and and she Mm -hmm. was talking to me about how she realized 
she didn't really read much in middle school. She's like, mom, I don't know what was going on with me. I just didn't like reading. And I said, well, you know, how did that affect you? She's like, well, I mean, do you not remember? I didn't pass my star test in sixth or seventh or eighth grade um, because I just quit reading. And then, and then I started like right after eighth grade, I started reading a lot. And then I got like master's like, Hmm. Interesting. Interesting Mm -hmm. how that works out. It it kind of is connected. (laughs) There were moments where you would hear like somebody was reading off one and go, oh, goosebumps. And the whole room erupted with, oh, I loved goosebumps. Like, (laughs) and it, I just felt like we had this really beautiful community moment yesterday. And I was like, I love when this happens. (laughs) (laughs) The other thing I think that is so cool about this book cultivating genius is how she lays out every chapter because she talks, you know, you have like the actual reading about what's going on. And then she gives you some tips for how that you could, you know, encourage betterness in your classroom. And then she turns around and even shows you what a lesson would look like if you integrated some of those tips. And, and I just think it's, I think it's super cool. And then the identity web, if you're looking like where to read about it and you get the book, um, it's going to be on page 127 and in that area. I also like when she talks about building a manifesto for your classroom. I like the idea of doing that. Right. And kids will definitely, you know, buy into that because a lot of times manifesto does not have a very positive, you know, connotation to it. Right. to have that framework, you know, in the class, like, this is how we handle things. This is what is and, you know, is not tolerated. That is a part of building that, you know, community and relationship. And the students feel like they have been heard because they've been a part of that process. It's really cool. Like I underlined this part. She says, as teachers start the school year, they can ask students to collectively compose their classroom community manifesto or statement that speaks to the purpose and power of their engagement in math, science, social studies, or writing. These statements will speak to what they seek to learn from our class and why our content learning is key. And then she's got examples of some, which are just so good. So I'm just reading a little more um, as we're talking about Dr. Goldie Muhammad, um, and she is going to be our Friday keynote speaker for mm-hmm. the 2023 conference. <laughs> Woo. So yeah, amazing. And she has a new book coming out, um, Unearthing Joy, and it is the sequel to Cultivating Genius and provides a hey. practical guide for putting culturally and historically responsive education into curricular practice. Um, So it sounds like we're going to get a lot more, um, you know, really good lessons and ideas and and just some framework um, to use these wonderful ideas that she's put forth in Cultivating Genius. It's it's a great book. I really think, you know, I put off reading it for some reason. I don't know why I kept like I had bought it and I just kept setting it to the side. And I think I do that with professional development sometimes. And it really was one of those reads that the minute I really got into it, I didn't want to stop reading it. It, It's well crafted. Yeah. But let's end it this way. So um, what worked in classrooms at the beginning of the year this year that you saw or that you did? You know, I started with something a little new um, that – that I haven't ever tried before, but the kids really got into it. Um, I had an old Harry Potter book that was falling apart 
already. And so I just took the pages out and I saw this idea on TikTok. So I'm, you know, I'm all about stealing <laughs> ideas and, and going to different places to look and see what other teachers are doing. Um, but they, the made, way. you know, they made, um, they, they got is. their book page and they just kind of scanned the page and they circled three words that they identify with and one word <gasps> don't identify like with. Um, and then after they do their three words, you know, put their name at the top and then they do some kind of um, creative art, whether it's like a, a drawing or just um, some color blocking or whatever. And I cut them to look like little little banners. Um, and so I'm going to be hanging them up pretty soon. We got I finally got them all back and they look so cool. So there are these little decorated book pages with all my kids names and they had a really good time doing it. So it was like a good conversation um, they were having at their tables because they shared the words that they had picked um, and kind of explained to each other why they picked those words. And we took some turns, you know, sharing throughout the class as well. So it was just a really neat, fun, um, you know, low stakes conversation that they did get to share a few things and stories about themselves. That's awesome. Well, I had said in our first episode that I was going to try the speed dating with the walk-on music, and I did it, and it was really, really cool, yeah. and they had a good time, and I even turned around and did it on the first day of my my college class, and they, <laughs> you, you could tell that they were not used to being asked to do things like that. <laughs> right. They just but thought I think they, they were going to get the syllabus on the first day. No, they, they had to get in a conveyor belt and share something about themselves. Oh, man. <laughs> Ashley, did you see anything amazing happening in your school, or did you do anything amazing that first week? I just always start the year with, like, this amazing amount of energy because I'm like, ah, I'm back with children. <laughs> and so I usually start with the, like, typical – tell me, you know, tell them about myself. But one thing that I did do differently this year was I did this trivia and they didn't really have much to go off of to answer these questions about me. And it was very like enlightening. So they haven't been paying attention to like little things that I had said throughout the day. And the most enlightening part um, about the whole thing was one of the trivia questions was how long have I been teaching? And the options were like 10 years, eight years, one year, and five years. And one of the girls, she had chosen either one or five. She didn't tell me, but she was like, man, how could I, you know, I'm shocked that I'm wrong. What do you mean you're shocked that you're wrong? She's like, because you're so happy. And I'm like, what do you mean I'm so happy? She's like, have you worked with children lately? And um yes you know uh very frequently and she's like you're just too happy to you know have been doing this for eight years and I'm like well that kind of makes me sad but yeah I understand it so it was it was like not my traditional way of like building relationships and getting to know the kids and it was a lot more fun and they had a great time you know with it and then we just did you know different writing activities and stuff so nothing too like cool i am definitely going to do the tear a page out of a book thing though yeah yeah i really like that it's it's pretty neat she showed it to me and i was like that's really cool i i'm trying to do things like every other friday that's just community building and ensuring that we know each other better so i'm gonna throw that in one of our every other friday days i think (laughs) yeah yeah well ashley thank you so much for joining us and 
I'm excited that our listeners are going to get a lot more of you over the next year or two or however long you you <laughs> stick with this. <laughs> Thank you. It's been awesome. This was a cool experience. Thank you for joining us for this bonus content episode. Now for your teacher moment of Zen with Dr. Shona Rose and Dr. Mary Howard at the Waikiki Dock, reminding us of the importance of really observing, of taking the time to kid watch. Well, this is Code Red with Dr. Rose. You won't believe what I'm doing. I'm sitting here at the ocean in Waikiki Dock and Dr. Mary Howard and I are watching a sea cucumber. I glanced over and noticed that it had moved, but a lot in the time that it had glanced away. And that's whenever you said... I said, we don't take the time to just sit still and pay attention and watch the little tiny things that they do that can help us with kid watching. I mean, we're basically sitting here kid watching and watching this animal uh, move and make those little incremental changes and steps and more importantly we're sitting here savoring every minute watching and I'm thinking too Shauna that the two of us are sitting here together so we have like a double lens Mm. of seeing things like I didn't see that he made a move Mm. because I was too busy looking this way so doing that uh, shared observation and that shared kid watching is really a remarkable thing well and and I got to thinking is at first, I didn't know it was a sea cucumber, and I needed you to tell me that's what it was because I've never seen one this large. And so the first thing that I did was identify what, and then I moved on. And what you helped me see is that when we're kid watching, we don't just look at what they're doing. If we notice it and start to intervene at that po- moment because we notice the what, we forget the how that kid is making the move like this sea cucumber that was once in the shape of a U and now it's in the shape of a hook we have to examine further to think about why yeah and also try to understand of course we can't in the case of the cucumber but try (laughs) to understand you know that in the head thinking that uh, so thinking about you know what is going on and I certainly don't have a lot of knowledge about sea cucumbers other than seeing them here every day but I think for me what this makes me think about as we're sitting here together is that we feel so rushed to Mm. in our day-to-day work with children getting in this and getting in that that we don't forget to linger a bit longer in the beautiful moments that we can really just try to understand what's unfolding in front of us. I think that says it all. 